All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. What was that rocket? What rocket? I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? What up, everyone? DJ Nubis, Metal Time Radio Podcast, Episode 80 of the Hordes of Chaos. A lot of great music lined up for you today. Uh, also got some interesting topics. Uh, did check out a movie last night that I've been kind of wanting to see, so I'll be giving my review of that later on. Uh, there was another movie I discovered that uh, I feel kind of inspired another film, which I will get to. Uh, talk a little bit about Chadwick Boseman, who recently passed away, which sadly uh, really sucks. Uh, so I'll get into that a little bit, as well as a signing from Century Media for a band that we all love and enjoy. Let's get into the music right now, though. Uh, new stuff here from Toxic Death, Malicious Assassin, kicking it all off. Here we go.
Hello, bangers. Season Road from Dangerous, a crush metal band from Chile. And you are listening to Metal Table Radio. Alright. Witchery closing out that last block with Oathbreaker. So, another passing. Seems like so many passings this year alone. But, uh,. I think this one caught just about everybody off guard, um, besides the, the Riley Gale one. Um, you know, Chadwick Boseman, who was an actor that played uh, Black Panther, uh, apparently had colon cancer for like four years, and then he passed away last week at age 43. Uh, you would not, by looking at him on screen and, you know, just in interviews, he did not look sickly at all. And, but I know that colon cancer in general can, like, be one of those type of uh, diseases that can really just turn on a dime and just knock you the fuck out. Like, we saw what happened with Patrick Swayze and other people who've had that uh, particular cancer. And But, you know, he kept his diagnosis private from even the studio execs because he was really hoping to finish Black Panther 2. Now, I don't know how much of that film is actually done. And, like, I know that when um, Brandon Lee was shooting The Crow, he had died before the production of that was done. They found a way to maneuver around and, and finish it and get, you know, some of the scenes done that even though he wasn't there, they put his face on it and stuff like that. Uh, so, and now with technology, it's probably a lot more lean and easier to do to try to achieve that, you know, to get stuff completed. So I don't know, like, how much of that's even done or if it even started, but um, he apparently had kept that pretty quiet, even, you know, obviously outside of his family. But uh, just so, it's just so sad to see, you know, generally young people passing away like they are. And he's been in a lot of great movies. Now, I haven't seen a lot of them because I didn't know much about Bozeman. But, you know, movies like 42. Uh, I'm trying to see what else. There were some other movies he was in that just, like, a lot of people have talked a lot about. So, if you go on his IMDb, you know, he's got the list there. And uh, I need to check out some of this other stuff that he's been Because he's actually a very, very good actor. Uh, I know from Black Panther just being like a, a Marvel superhero sh movie that people kind of shrug it off because it's, you know, comic book stuff. But really, he was really great in that as well. And I think it just shows his acting chops that he was so versatile as an actor. Um, you know, and funny, th you know, we talked a little bit about usually how Idris Elba would have been a nice James Bond. I, yeah, I think a lot of ways that even Bozeman would have made a great James Bond as well. Uh, he has the kind of demeanor, or had the kind of demeanor and uh, acting chops to actually put it off, pull it off. So I, I don't know. It's just it's sad to see him go so early. It was really quite a shock to the system because he just did not look like he was having issues at all. So you know, here's tribute basically to Bozeman who played Chala, the king of Wakanda. Uh, hopefully they can get. Black Panther 2 done with most of the stuff intact and sort of give that as a tribute to him, you know, now that he's gone. Uh, anywho, that's all the sad news I got for this round, so don't, don't fret. <laughs>
Uh, we're going to get back into our mu music here. Uh, next block. Got some uh, classic carcass for you, but also um, a band from Grand Sound sent me uh, some tracks from a band called Walls of Hate. So I got that in there. And I'm going to kick it off with some brand new Skeletal Throne. This is called Abaddon. Torture to be 
So I came across a movie like uh, somehow it eluded me for years. Um, I'd either forgotten about it or like I, I, this is the first time I've ever seen it like available on like I think Amazon Prime has it right now. It's a movie called Atragon, um, created by Tokyo Toho, all that. Um, certainly includes a lot of the actors and actresses from. The movies around that time for Godzilla and Mothra. Uh, the interesting thing about the movie itself, as I'm watching it, uh, it heavily inspires what you see in Godzilla Final Wars in terms of the actual ship, which is the Atragon. Uh, to me, this Atragon was really kind of like the prototype to what they used for the Gotengo. And some of the other ships and uh, Final Wars that were flying, because there's a lot of the similarities in the look and the weaponry they have on there. Now I don't know if that's intentional or if when they went to create Final Wars, if they were kind of like just giving a nod to Atragon at that point. Um, Final Wars obviously got released in 2004. Atragon was in 1963, but. Initially, when Atragon was created, from what I'm reading, it was basically sort of like a retelling of uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So it's one of these like Captain Nemo type inspired stuff. Uh, but the interesting thing about it is, and this again kind of goes back to the similarities with Godzilla Final Wars, is at some point the Atragon is confronted by uh, the sea god Manda, which is like the gold dragon serpent that we see in Final Wars at the beginning. And the way that each one of them is uh, killed in, each in, in, in both movies is similar in style, uh, both using like a freeze ray, uh, but they're finished off a little differently, obviously. But... Uh, you know, like I said, you got a lot of familiar faces in here. Um, you'll you'll see that if you watch it. It's on Prime right now. Uh, you know, again, it also is sort of like a, almost uh, a megalodon type, or not megalodon, a megalon type feel about it. As far as like, you've got these people who are you know specific scientists who's created this ship and. The captain of the ship disappears one time, so now he's dealing with this guy's daughter, who he's taking care of because he thinks that the other guy's dead. And in reality, the other guy has sort of become a tool for these uh, sea people, sort of like the Seatopians almost. Uh, they're in the sub's called the Mu M U. And basically, you know, it's going around. They're trying to take over the world. Uh, they have an empress who's, like, incredibly hot. Um, and she's really bitchy and feisty, so as far as, like, the attitude, you're going to laugh at that. Uh, but it's cool. It's great. Um, it's it's kind of a slow, plotting movie in a lot of ways. Just, I mean, just a time period, you know. It's not... There isn't a lot of monster action, so to speak. It's all about the ship and stuff like that, so... Even though you will see Manda a couple times, uh, it's mainly just about the warring between the regular humans and the uh, sea people, basically. 
But the film is pretty cool, and like I said, like it was really neat just kind of seeing, like I'm saying to myself, yeah, this has got to be the stuff that's inspired Final Wars and the stuff they got going on in that. Uh, so I would check it out if you get a chance. It's really kind of a fun movie to look back on. Uh, a lot of the familiar faces, like I said, it's just really fun seeing all the people who were involved with the Godzilla and Mothra stuff at the time. Uh, a lot of fun. Check it out. Uh, really excited for this next block, mainly because New Cranium came to me. And I'm going to start off the next block with that. And then I got a track from... Uh, who is this one from? Uh, Strangulations in this, as well as Pharmacist. So, brand new stuff all the way around, but here's Cranium. Check it out. It's my mother you're pissing on.
is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. She likes the dark. Thank you, Sky Nielsen. For all that you do for the Metal Town Radio Podcast, it is much appreciated. Getting ready to head into our rock block. Got some new stuff from Cryptograph, Witch Rider, Preacher, and Black Satellite provided by Curtain Calls. Also got Witch Rider provided by Grand Sounds in this. Gonna kick it off though with an artist who, you know, I'm pulling a, a Neko here a little bit because I did not expect what I had heard. Uh, I don't know much about this artist other than the fact that supposedly he's a rapper. And that a couple years ago he had like an ongoing feud or beef with Eminem. Uh, But outside of that, I could not name you any tune that he had. Now, recently in the news, he has started up a relationship with uh, actress Megan Fox, who appeared in his latest video, um bloody valentine now i went and checked it out because i was just curious because i love looking at megan fox i mean who the fuck doesn't right uh and it's a cool little video you know it's kind of weird which is something she's usually good dealing with she does a lot of crazy films sometimes um but the song itself was not at all what i thought it was going to be i really thought it was going to be like a rap tune or hip-hop or some shit uh and I can't judge whether or not he's a good rap artist or not. That's for the people who are really into that kind of stuff. Now, the song Bloody Valentine is more... The vibe that I got from it was more alternative rock, sort of like your Blink-182 type deals. Now, that's not the song that I chose for here to kick off our rock block. I was just kind of looking on YouTube, and apparently, at some point, probably during COVID, he had gotten together with a drummer... And I'm not sure who's doing the guitar work and whatnot, but he did a cover of uh, Rage Against Machines, Killing in the Name, which was really fucking cool. And, of course, he added in a lot of the Black Lives Matter and race stuff that's going on right now. So, uh, but kind of interesting enough about his version of it. Like, it's it's not like it's way off of what the original sound of uh, Rage Against Machine did, but I sort of like his version better, just... I think I like his vocals better. And towards the end, it's actually kind of a better ending, I think. So, kind of hats off to him for, you know, not getting too crazy with it, but then, like, just adding his own flavor to it, so to speak. And uh, it's good enough for me to use in the rock block, and uh, we're going to use him right now to kick this shit off. Killing in a Name, which is one of the few tracks that I do like from Rage Against the Machine. It goes all the way back from when it was first released. So naturally, this is probably the most track that I listened to from that band. And of course, the cover here. So check it out. If you got any opinions on it, let me know. Here we go. Oh. 
that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. Do what they told ya. Now you do what they told ya. Now you do what they told ya. Now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Now you're under control. And now you do what they told ya. Those who die are justified for wearing the badge. They are chosen white. You justify those who die for wearing the badge. They are chosen white. Those who die are justified for wearing the badge. They are chosen white. You justify those who die for wearing the badge. They are chosen white. Come on. Come <laughs> on.
Do you live life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be a part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champ and flat card season. You could be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gillsburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
to the hordes of chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Alright. Band called Black Satellite with a song called Void that's provided by Curtain Calls Records. I appreciate it. Or Curtain Calls Promotion. Sorry, I don't want to mislabeled them. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of a news bit on the, the Kickstarter from Machine Gun Kelly with the Killing of the Name cover. Uh, Neko was, you know, talking to me through uh, Messenger and she had actually coincidentally sent me an article where 
from music-news.com and they were a little article there based on uh, Rage Against the Machine and how initially Killing in the Name was actually an instrumental track and then when they went to put it to the album they, did, they purposely didn't print any of the lyrics because they wanted that song to be as impactful as possible when people heard it on the radio and I remember hearing that for the first time on the radio and the lyrics and it's very, it is a very powerful song it's very, still very relevant uh so yeah, that's an interesting thing that was actually instrumental to begin with, so uh, kind of cool about that. little trivia for y'all. Uh, yeah, so here we go. That ends our rock block with Black Satellite there. Very cool band. Uh, we're going to get ready. Let's see, I got some more music news for you. Um, recently, Misery Index has signed on with Century Media, who's been around for quite a while. Uh, I guess at one point Century Media really wanted Misery Index to sign with them like a long time ago, like after Overthrow. And but you know, just the band was doing different things and probably going with different labels at that time. Uh, now here they are, you know, a few records later, now finally signed on. I think they're working on their seventh studio album now, and they've kind of progress from like this death grindcore unit to like more of a thrash oriented which I actually like a lot more uh, I do miss Sparky Voiles a bit uh, who was a part of this project at one point uh, but the band itself has done very very well with their recent material uh, I really enjoyed the last couple of records a lot so and they're really great live too so that's the other fun part about that we're going to get into some black metal stuff here for our next block I uh, got some Old Man's Child, uh, Decline of the Eye, very good artist. Uh, kick it out there with some fan who I love a lot. This is called Breath of Void.
DJ News back with you, the Metal Time Radio Podcast, episode 80, Forge of Chaos. So I got a movie review here, another one. Had a chance to check out The Color Out of Space uh, on Shudder. And uh, I've been kind of looking forward to this. I don't know if I was totally excited because, you know, this and Mandy kind of came out close to each other. And visually and soundtrack-wise, both of them are kind of similar, even though they're directed by different people. Um, but anyway, I wanted to check it out because I like weird shit all the time anyway. Uh, it, it's a pretty interesting flick. Uh, some of the influences in there you can see with uh, Stuart Gordon's Reanimator from Beyond. Also, a little bit of uh, Carpenter's The Thing. There's some stuff in there like that, the mutations and whatnot. That will kind of remind you of those films. Um, like Mandy, the visuals and soundtrack are really, really good. Now, I actually kind of like this more than Mandy. Uh, mainly because Color of Space is a little more unpredictable plot-wise. Like, there's a lot going on. And you're not really sure exactly what all is going to happen here. In some cases, you have an idea. But others, you're like, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't expect that. Uh, Mandy, to me, was always a little bit more straightforward with its plot, like, you know, just a revenge film. Um, so it didn't hit me as well as, like, say, Beyond the Black Rainbow by Cosmatos as well. So with Color Out of Space, um, just, you know, using the visuals and soundtrack, it, the plot was a lot stronger. Still misses some things for me that I don't really care, like... Um, it just does. It's not like a ten out of ten film for me. I, I gave it like an eight out of ten. It's it's not bad. It's good for reviewing. I might check it out one other time down the road. Um, so it's not like totally original in plot, but it, it is stronger in execution compared to Mandy for me personally. Some people like it the other way around. Uh, I only compare those two films because of the way they're kind of put together with their visuals and soundtracks. Uh, they both are visually stunning. So that has a lot going for both of those films. Uh, but Color Out of Space it definitely has a lot more going for it in terms of uh, actual content. Basically you have uh, what is called the Gardner family consisting mainly of uh, Nick Cage as the father. Uh, they've all left the city to move out to the outskirts and forest and mountains a little bit uh, to get away from the grind. Um, the mother and father 
there's some tension there because she recently had a, a, an operation for breast cancer or preventive stuff like that. So uh, there's like the whole like you know intimacy and whatever is kind of struggling there with them too. Uh, that's kind of like the small part of it, but it all plays in a larger role. Um, he the family is also rounded out by the daughter. Um, who is currently, like, dabbling in the black arts or Wiccan and, you know, witchcraft, stuff like that with the Necronomicon. Uh, then you have the two sons. One son is sort of like... the son. One son and daughter are like teenagers, so the one older son is just kind of like, you know, stonehead, stoner, you know, smoking out in the barn with the alpacas and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, and then they have the younger son who is sort of like the nerdy boy whatever and so it's like this mishmash of characters in this family and then um, one night while they're all kind of like sleeping and you know mom and dad are trying to get it on for the first time in months uh, a meteorite comes and hits right like right in their backyard but you know as it's coming in it's sort of shrouded by this like purple haze or purple light and as the light kind of beams in through the house a little bit it affects each one of them differently and uh, mainly hits you know the young boy in some way so when they all check it out they got the police out there and of course the meteorite kind of goes from this purplish glow to just like a hard metal and along the way, the daughter had met, met some, like, dude who's, like, uh, hydrogenous. You know, he checks out the water and finds out that it's contaminated. And so that's, like, another aspect to all the shit that's going on. Uh, the family has this well in the back they use, and they, the young boy is oftentimes talking at it as if there's somebody there. Uh, and, of course, then some of the family members are, are starting to go through, like, almost mutations. Like, we see that with, like, around the the house uh, with the vegetation and the forest and the animals. Like, they're transforming in some ways. Like, at one point, the boy sees, like, basically a praying mantis that's, like, a purplish, you know, glow with, like, more eyes. And it's, you know, obviously been infected by what seems to be, like, a alien species of some sort that's infected everything uh so yeah all of a sudden you know the family's having a hard time getting through communication wise to just the local town to try to get help so that that prevents problems uh you know there's a lot of chaos starting to happen with all the changing you know it's, it's fucking with their minds in a way uh there's a one point where the mother and the youngest son uh something happens to them and like it really changes the dynamics of everything you're seeing uh starting with what you see within the the, the barn and everything but i'm not gonna spoil anything but it, it, but it, you when once you see you kind of understand what i'm getting at with some of my uh talking about some of the influence that are drawn into this film uh yeah, so, you know, again, Nick Cage doing very well with his crazy-type character that he does a lot in films. Um, you know, one of my criticisms with Mandy isn't so much that I think Nick Cage is a bad actor. I really like him as an actor. 
but we've kind of seen him do the crazy thing so many times that like it's almost expected. And I don't know if it's just that directors think, well, Nick is interested in this project, so I want to put him in it, or they're just relying too heavily on the fact that he can actually do those roles. Like I don't know. I just kind of like when it came to this film, the daughter was the most interesting actor, actress, uh, and character within the whole thing for me. Um, I can't remember who is actually playing the daughter at this moment. Uh, I apologize for not looking that part up. Anywho, she's really good. I've seen her in something else. I just can't remember what it was. Uh, but her character is actually probably the most interesting of the bunch. Um, but they all do a very good job. It's not like any of the characters are boring or anything. It's just that hers stood out the most to me. Um... One other note is uh, Tommy Chong appears in this. He's like that local hippie dude that sits in a trailer and talks about how he believes in UFOs and stuff like this. So that has like a sort of effect on all this as well. Uh, yeah, so it, it's worth checking out for sure. Uh, if not more for the visuals. Uh, and the visuals are just fucking amazing. The soundtrack, not quite as good as Mandy, but still solid. Um yeah, so check it out. I mean, it's pretty decent. I liked it a lot. All right, back into our music. Uh, kicking off this next block, another track sent by Grand Sounds, a band called Raven Tail, Route to Andromeda.
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and is highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
Sanctum of Solitude. New stuff from them. DJ Nubis. Getting ready to head out of here. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Uh, special thanks to Sky Nielsen Promotions as well as Krypton Scully from Metal of Mania for their support of the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. And I shall see you all later. Got one track left for you. New stuff from Cetotoxin. This is Soul Harvester. And I'll see you all later. Peace out. <laughs>